Hello and welcome to Mums Work and Chaos with me, Louise. They say it takes a village to raise a child, so let me help you build yours. During this journey, I'll be learning about everything from neurodiversity in children's literature through to body image post-pregnancy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mum's Work and Chaos with me, Louise. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Jo. Um, hello. hello. Um, jo is, uh, has just started her own business all about um, getting your children ready for school. So uh, Jo, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a bit more about you. Yes, of course. So hi everyone, I'm, I'm Jo and I've been a teacher for over 21 years. Um, I feel very passionate about the early years, so the children um, of three to five. Um, I've had a lot of experience in different schools um, and I help um, different schools. I can help nurseries and things like that. It's really important for me um, to be able to really have a deep understanding of that transition into school. So being an early years teacher, especially, um, I find it's really important that you work with parents and children about starting school. It's such a big thing to start school um, and the children feel very differently about it and the parents do. So it's really important to help everybody. Um, and that's where my new business comes into play. Um, I was before I've literally just left my job in July. So um, I was at my last <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's it I was at my last school for 12 years I was actually deputy head wow. there as well um and I just each year you get a new cohort of children and each year I noticed that I would like to be brave enough to start my own business to support that transition into school I think it's it's really important so that's what I did in um obviously last year I handed my notice in I worked the last year um, and I'm here now starting my new business. So it's all about little workshops um, over six venues across Brentwood and Blackmore and different places. And um, I have our workshops where the children come with the parents and um, we explore how to get ready for school. Amazing. So I, I've seen, I've been following you um, on Instagram. That's what, didn't mean to sound so creepy, but there you go. Um, I've been following you on Instagram and uh, my wonderful friend Tash from Chicken and Frog Bookshop yeah. um, introduced me to you and your account. Um, yeah. It's flipping amazing, isn't she? Um, Definitely. And, <laughs> um, and I've, I've seen, obviously, you're, you've been at some of the... Um, the the big um like play days that have been run in the local area yes. uh, you've also been running a couple of like starter sessions um with uh, for getting ready for school so um yeah I was wondering if you could tell me a bit more about those sessions how they work um and and like the, the sort of things that you do in them yeah, of course. So originally I was planning to start in September, um, but then I had lots of people come to me and say, as um, the children who will be starting in September, could I find an opportunity to um, start a little bit earlier? So, of course, I jumped at that chance and um, I started a four week block where the um, parents and children could work with me in, in just in two venues. And it gave me an opportunity to explore what I'm going to be doing in more detail in September. So it's it's been a really good opportunity. Um, I've worked 
um, with lots of different activities and how I plan those activities. I go around all the areas of learning. So there's seven areas of learning in the EYFS curriculum. And um, I've sort of thought about what do they really need to know um, and explored all of those areas in detail. I also focus on a book of the, the event as well, of the workshop. Because I feel um, good quality books is really important. And that's obviously when I've worked with Natasha from Chicken and Frog as well yeah. previously, because I was English coordinator as well. Right. And how important it is yet yeah, to have good quality uh, books and to share language and to just sort of talk about the book, talk about what's happening, ask questions and get that deep understanding of the text. And um, it's really important. So that's part of the workshop. Um, but all the other areas, so communication, understanding, following instructions. And um, we looked at some creative development, and that might be um, through um, small world activities. And um, we've looked at different textures. Um, so, for example, one of the activities was a magical world. And we had natural objects in a tray, but with textures of pasta or lentils with unicorns and magical keys. And it's all about that language and that discussion of um, what do you think they're doing? Where are they going? What are the keys for? Um, and it's not giving the answers. It's extracting the language from the children. I think it's really important to do that. Um, and it's about developing their creative ideas. Um, we've also I had a, a theme each time. So we did shape. We looked at number. We looked at um, formation of letters. Um, and we also have focused a lot on um, gross motor and fine motor development as well, because that's really important to get those little fingers developing um, so that they're able for the long term goal to be able to do the writing mm -hmm. and to be able to do the mark making and things like that. So, um, yeah, we've had lots of fun and um, I've had some nice reviews, which has been really lovely um, because obviously it's just four weeks. But when I start in September, they're going to be blocks of either five, six or seven because they're going to match term time. Oh, amazing. Um, for schools. So it works with the schools. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so cool. And like, I mean, you know, from my from my lockdown experience of becoming a teacher parent person, um, you know, yeah. Like, the, the joys of fine motor skill development were not lost upon me with the wonders of YouTube and Dodisco. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, I love a Dodisco. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So um, so from September, you'll be running um you'll be running these courses for the 24 24 intake, won't you? That's right. And yes. um and will you be running these courses like throughout the year as well? Yes. So, okay, yes. fantastic. So, yeah, so parents can either choose to dip in or out or some parents want to stay with me for the whole year because the idea of the programme is to build on the skills as you go through so that towards the end that they're really ready to start school. So it's really important and it's involving all areas. It's, you know, talking about anxieties, talking about um, everything really. And also getting feedback from the parents. I think that's important because I had some discussions with the parents of these workshops um, and they were asking really valid questions of I'm doing this at home. Um, would you carry on with that? And it gave me an opportunity to say, actually, in school, we might do it like this um, yeah. or this would be really helpful. And it, it's that friendly environment where you can actually ask questions because it is quite daunting, isn't it? Going to school, meeting your child's teacher. Whereas I'm hoping to develop that relationship where you can ask me anything and I can help you with that sound knowledge of what it's like going to school and being that reception teacher. Yeah. I mean, I 
I was super, super lucky. You know, I'm surrounded by teachers. So, um, you know, my my mum used to be a teacher. My best friend's a teacher. My friend Natasha from Chicken and Frog was a teacher. Um, And so, you know, uh, getting getting my eldest, I think, prepped for school was a lot easier than I than I thought it was going to be because Mm. I had that sort of like support network of people who already knew <laughs> what to expect yeah um, and uh you know I would, like in in the previous podcast I had I've done with Tash and with um speech therapy for Charlotte and um and also Sam from SPD tu- uh, tuition and coaching we talked about lots of ways that we could sort of like allay anxieties and, you know, help uh, children who um, are neurotypical and neurodiverse get ready for school and things like that as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's things like, you know, was like showing them the website for school so that they yes. could get used to the idea of, oh, we wear this school uniform, this is what it looks like you know, um, or walking to school or driving to school so they could see what the journey would be like. Um, I don't think that parents really, I think parents a lot of the time are thinking, oh yeah, I'm doing this for my child um, and don't actually realise that it's actually really helpful for them as well. Um, I I was quite anxious about everything. It was like, where do I park? Uh, how long does it take yeah. to walk from where I'm parking to the school? I love to plan everything out just to make sure <laughs> because I hate being the one that's late <laughs> I, I, yeah. I am honest, mum I am always late but I hate <laughs> it, so I try and plan it out um, and so you know like we we did all of those things but um you touched on it already as well with like the language and the way we we talk to our children and the way definitely um Charlotte actually raised something really uh, that I didn't even realize I'd done um that I uh, that could be quite anxiety inducing for your child and that was actually just calling school big school um because to to you yeah they're going up it's a bigger school it's big school um to them that could sound like every child in the whole entire world goes to this one school (laughs) and it could be quite fear inducing so like you know actually we've got to be conscious of even the language we use around our children don't we yeah and uh some something that I I think you'll absolutely love that um that Sam mentioned as well was like our children when they're in a home environment or a nursery environment or preschool environment they tend to do a lot of their learning in a play-based way standing up (laughs) yeah And, and so actually like getting your child ready for seated learning as well is is quite yeah so it really it really is and my favorite thing when the children do first start school is being able to sit on the carpet because you'd be surprised at the amount of children that cannot cross their legs so they'll cross their ankles or they'll cross Mm -hmm. part of it so it's adorable when they first start so anything like that to help it really is lovely to just sit on the floor with your legs crossed because you've got 30 odd children in the class they can't all be with the legs everywhere so um foundation is especially in a majority of settings it's still very play-based um and especially the outdoor learning so they get those activities and those times to be able to be physical moving around and um, but there are times where it is different at nurseries and preschools um where the children do have to sit down and they do have to listen um to certain focus carpet time things like that and some children find that really difficult 
you've got whole class and whole school assemblies you've got different um activities like that and if the children aren't used to sitting down um it it can be i, I always remember one year where i had and um, we went to assembly and i had one child just stand up and i sort of said oh oh I can't come in oh, it's now i'm bored now i want to go and it was in front of the whole school and i thought oh bless him i understand but you've just got to sit and listen for a little bit longer <laughs> so, um, so hard, it's, it's brilliant the that age is just the best age to work with they do make me laugh constantly it's brilliant um, and they come and, and actually that's what they thought they thought I want to go now I'm fed up of yeah. sitting down <laughs> it's so funny though as well the honesty and the the so how yes. candid they actually are with their comments is just yeah. brilliant isn't it it is brilliant and you wouldn't <laughs> want to change that because it's all about being honest isn't it it's about them being able to share who they are in the classroom setting so I think it's it's definitely a good thing <laughs> Fantastic. I do you know what when I when I was talking to Sam about seated learning I was honestly like thinking about sitting in a chair it hadn't even crossed my mind about having to sit cross-legged because I do it all the time my, yeah. my eldest does it all the time we both sit on the floor cross-legged and we'll read a book and we'll but I don't I I don't think I've yeah. ever paid attention to whether my three-year-old who's starting school in September 24 can do that yeah. um, I will have to test it out now and find out um, we'll have to find out yeah but that that's crazy and um and when it comes to fine motor skills it's not just about holding a pen and writing a name is it it's also about like doing your school uniform up and and things it's it's absolutely yeah it's absolutely everything and and my advice would be um to a lot of parents is to practice the creative side of the fine motor skills so it's as simple as if you're um pegging out the washing on your line get some pegs and get the children to just help you on the line or to use their fingers to put a peg on a cup or a, a cardboard box a cereal box things like that um, it's about lacing cards. It's about getting pasta from a pasta. If you're cooking pasta and you want to give them a little piece of string and say, I'm put five of these on while I'm doing this. So it's it's activities like that where you wouldn't necessarily think they're learning, but they're practicing those skills all the time. Oh and... my God. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> and they're all busy things that they can do while yeah. you're busy as well aren't they they're things to keep them busy while you're busy which is just what you need it's, over summer holidays <laughs> that's it and and it's real life you've got parents that are doing real jobs real life and it's just how can you bring that in so you're cooking you've got pasta let's do that and um, you've got different pasta shapes let's sort them into different bowls you have your own set I'll do these so, so it's it's little things like that activities where you're using everyday objects you don't go out and buy things it's using things you already have using things you've already had um, and just see what you can do with them be creative wow, wow. that is amazing <laughs> literally so many things I hadn't even thought of you know I um I, I I guess like you know the kids love drawing and they love painting and all of that sort of stuff and I I you know try yeah. and like encourage it as much as possible because it keeps them busy for a while yeah it's a bit messy but at the end of the day, anything they do is going to be messy. Um, you know, go go through Play-Doh like nobody's business. They yes. love mixing the colours, which gives me a heart attack because <laughs> I hate hate when the colours are mixed. Every every pot of Play-Doh I now own is either multi-coloured 
thingy or brown. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> but if it makes them happy, it keeps them quiet for a while, then that's fine. <laughs> but again, I guess, like, even using the Play-Doh, the whole dough disco thing, that... Yes, exactly. Skills ...as well, doesn't it? It's exactly that. And it, it's whatever I always say to the children, whatever you do on one hand, you do on the other, because you've obviously got a stronger hand and you've got a preference sometimes. Some children don't always... Um, and if you have some dough, you can be pinching it, you can be pushing your finger into it, um, and then you turn it over and do it with your other hand so that you're getting the muscles developed on both hands. Um, another thing is cutting. I know a lot of parents think, ah, oh, scissors, um, but it's such a good skill to have because in the classroom, they're using them all the time and they're using them independently. So yes. it's really important that even if you just give them a little strip of paper and they're just snipping it and they're going across, it's things like that. Again, it's that independence. It's um, allowing them to use their fingers to create something and to develop those muscles. Quite a lot of those things like scissors and things like that. I I used to be very scared of letting Asla do things like that. But my mum always has always encouraged it. And so since she was about three, she bought those, you know, wiggly woggly scissors and yes. scissors and things like that. And so um so she's got she did get used to cutting things. And I'll be honest with you, she had a really good pencil grip from like the age of like 18 months, and so does yeah. my three-year-old. My my nearly two year old is getting there because she copies her sisters, but she's yeah. very ambidextrous. So she'll hold a pencil with her right hand, then switch to her left. And whereas the other two haven't weren't like that, you know, they yeah. they were quite set on the right hand from a really quick age. Whereas yeah. the youngest is definitely, I think she leans more to the left. But then she also tries the right because she sees the others doing it. And so she's she's very ambidextrous at the moment. So she she might even eat half her dinner with a fork in her left hand and then a fork in her yeah. right hand. So she's, she's just getting used to that at the moment. So I'm not so worried about when she'll pick it up because I know she will because the others have. Um, yeah. But like with, with scissors and things, I'm not so worried about Indy, my three-year-old, trying scissors now because Asana did it and it was successful and it was fine. Yes. Um, and so when my mum comes around on a Monday, they tend to do a lot more sort of sticking and cutting and colouring. Yeah. With me, it tends to be a lot more sort of like Play-Doh, paint sticks, painting, all of that sort of stuff and helping me with odd yeah. jobs. And so like... um before we pressed record we were talking about following instructions weren't we? yes definitely and I was saying I hadn't really realized like when I was um you know when my eldest was getting ready for school I was already helping her with the instruction side of things because she used to have meltdowns about like getting ready in the morning um and also like me doing stuff for her she's always been very independent but being yeah. the eldest I had no one else to look after <laughs> so and I was I was a stay-at-home mum and so I just sort of yeah. like did everything without even thinking about it but in the end to allay the meltdowns I'd be like okay um can you pick your outfit for today can you show me how to put your socks on how quickly can you get dressed um could you put this piece of paper in the bin for me that would be really helpful or um and one thing I do now which um really helps 
if your child runs in the opposite direction when you say you need to brush their hair try this trick <laughs> and it is ask them to get the hairbrush <laughs> it would be really helpful if you could get the hairbrush for me please i'm looking for it yeah. find it it might be in my bedroom can you go get it for me they come back with the hairbrush then you have a child with a hairbrush and they've got nowhere else to go except have their hairbrush it's been <laughs> brilliant it's a great trick um, yeah I, I hadn't realised that like those sorts of things were actually helping her get ready for school. And I mean, yeah. I reckon you must find that a lot of parents actually do are doing quite a lot of the stuff that they need to do. It's just actually yes. knowing what they're doing and how to refine it. As That's it right. And it, it's about going deeper. Yeah. Um, I think because if you think you have a class of 30 children, you cannot be taking everyone's jumper off it's things like that so <laughs> it's about those independent skills it's about being able to take shoes and socks off um it's being able to uh, dress um yourself getting your own PE kit um, and then get out of it again um and it's 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 a lot about self-care and the children love responsibility so if you say oh I wonder who can take their jumper off I'm going to close my eyes and when I open them I'm going to see who's done it you've got so many children having a good go and it, it's it's a tricky thing children get their arms stuck they try to put their um, arm hole if they're putting it back on over their head and not the head you know <laughs> there's so many different things that they do but they're trying so hard and it's yeah. about being positive and not saying no that's wrong yeah. it's about saying that is fantastic what a good try let's try this mm. let's shall I help you verbally and talking because it's so I get children are being getting ready for school in the morning and I understand parents are rushed so I have this conversation so many times that they just say I just don't have time in the mornings so you always say to them do it in the uh, when they get in from school or do it the weekends just do do it at any time pajamas are counted so before they get into the bath let them get undressed so it's yeah. not always about their school uniform and it's about shoes and socks let them be, be independent because if you're doing an activity like a yoga activity you might not get changed into their PE kit but you might take shoes and socks off again they need to be responsible for that and it's about being aware of what sort of schools that are uh, sorry shoes that are appropriate for schools as well because if you've got laces and your four-year-old can't do laces then they're not going to be independent and then they're going to get frustrated so it's giving them the opportunity to be independent so it's thinking about all of those skills as well if they've got a coat can they do it up themselves can they do the buttons can they undo it Yes, of course, they get stuck and we, you know, lots of teachers everywhere help with that. But it's about trying themselves first before they seek help. My younger two go to um, a little local nursery opposite the school. Um, so it feeds into the school without actually being attached to it. Um, but a lot, they're, they're a Montessori style nursery they wouldn't say they're Montessori, but they do incorporate a lot of that sort of thing into yeah. it. So there's a lot of imaginative play and, and things like that. But then they also um, have recently introduced a, a school, an optional school uniform, yeah. um, an optional school bag and things like that as well. And so we've taken them up on it because, you know, it saves on laundry for me. Yeah. It gives them less choices to make, which is great. Um yeah so getting ready for school's faster um but also it means that my my middle one who is getting ready for school knows she's got a uniform 
knows she's got a t-shirt she has to wear for nursery she's got a bag that she takes with her and brings back every day so she has to remember her bag because so many kids in reception or foundation walk in with a bag and then walk out without it and it's like where's your homework where's your reading book where's this oh I left it in the drawer oh I I left it on the hook oh I I don't know where my cardigan is because it's hanging on a post in the playground somewhere yeah technically now a lost cardigan and that's the 10th one we've gone through this year uh so yeah uh <laughs> label everything guys um yes, definitely. yes. <laughs> we um so she's getting used to this idea of I have to bring my bag home so like sometimes we'll be at the gate about to leave and she'll be like oh no I've got to go back and get my bag okay go go get your bag um but they also encourage them to wear like velcro or or slip-on shoes because yes. they're they can put them on, take them off and put them on. And so like from the age of about 18 months when she started nursery, my my now three-year-old could put her own coat on because they taught them to lay it on the floor upside down, yes. put her arms on and flip it over their head. Yeah. It became a party trick and she showed yeah. everyone, absolutely everyone yeah. in our family, look, I can put my coat on. My nearly two-year-old has not mastered this yet because she was no. too young. Um, she's a November baby and my middle one's an April baby. So she had a whole winter to learn. Whereas Hannah yeah. hasn't that yet. Um, so this winter she will master it. Um, <laughs> um, but my youngest is already trying to put her own shoes on and probably six times out of ten she's getting them on the right feet which is yeah and um and my three-year-old we've stuck those stickers in her shoes you know the half circle ones so that oh they're good they're the right way around yeah Um, brilliant and so she knows that she's got them on the right feet and so she doesn't have to ask it saves so many questions so many times they can ask is it the right feet mummy and then you put it the right way around and somehow they get mixed up again it's like no (laughs) um so yeah they those stickers are amazing and they save a lot of questions but um it's yeah that you know we I don't have time to get them all dressed or undressed or whatever time and so because I've got three and two are so close in age it can be quite a faff and so the the three-year-old can dress herself mostly it's just socks she struggles with at the moment which is fair yeah uh, the um you know the my seven-year-old is completely independent but she also loves the word independent and so yeah. she, so she tries to mother the three-year-old and she said Indy, can you can pour this water into this cup independently <laughs> so she's she's I I don't think I have to do any work I think my my <laughs> second world might actually do the all the preparing <laughs> for me at this rate <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's just really funny like watching them together and the amount of stuff my three-year-old picks up from my seven-year-old is is fantastic yeah it's great um but the, the thing is that it all of this prep it doesn't just help the teacher it doesn't just help the whole class it helps you at home yeah. as well doesn't yeah. it I really exactly it, so it really does time and energy when they can actually do things for themselves and 
you know and and you know do that stuff and I, I think as well like um Asla wasn't very confident with her writing when like she could write her name and everything when she started school but because we'd gone into lockdown just as mm. she was starting uh finishing nursery before she started in reception we then were out of lockdown for that first bit of reception and then back in lockdown back over in. The yeah still the summer term and so I think she went into school and she wasn't a hundred percent confident with her writing and I think that actually held her back from a few things with her English yeah um that she could have probably been further along with if she'd have been more confident with that pencil grip and and get, yeah getting the letters the right way around you know because they mirror everything they they do it's not they a conscious do. thing they they just do it it yeah they don't even realize they're doing it and it's yeah. perfectly it's normal perfectly isn't it? mirror your writing but um, yeah. your brain's still configuring left and right side and everything mm-hmm. isn't it it all is the, all the random neurosciencey bits i've picked up trying to <laughs> how my child thinks but um but you like I, I remember thinking like oh my god this is so frustrating you know I was getting frustrated with it which wasn't helping her because we had that yeah. block of homeschool during lockdown it was hard yeah but I mean but, I mean like, preparing, preparing them pencil grips and and practicing writing and copying yeah. writing and things at home as well will yeah. set them up for school won't it yeah, it really does. And a lot of parents are worried that they are expected to write their name before they come to school. And they're really not. What I would recommend is that they um, can draw shapes or lines. So to do something like a zigzag line or um, we call them writing patterns. So it could be, but it's not necessarily letters. So it could be um, things that go up and down, up and down, zigzag, line break, line break, things like that. So they're getting used to using their hands. But yeah. it's also not just doing pen or pencil to paper. Use mud. Go outside and have lots of mud and get a stick and do exactly the same. It's about using a car. Again, in mud, you might use to use a track and use your car to go and make those shapes. So it's, it's about developing those fingers. And painting, brilliant. Finger painting as well. Yeah. Um, and it's about providing all those opportunities to mark make. Um, and then if your child can obviously write their name brilliant something else that um, I think a lot of teachers find is that children come to school and they can write their name but in capital letters and that's something else that's quite common and it's the fact that when they come we then have to reteach them how to do it capital letter at the beginning but then the rest are lowercase so that's something that a lot of parents have not thought about as well so that's a handy little tip of if you are going to help support your child write their name do it in lowercase apart from the first letter um, and it's all about that formation. You'd rather them get the first letter um, to write the first letter and it be formed correctly than to write their whole name. And it, for example, an A to be a circle with a little stick. So it's about having those opportunities to actually form the letters correctly if that's something that people want to do. Um, but again, it's not an expectation before they start school. Yeah, I think that's that, that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like I remember us, getting those worksheets as part of our homeschool packs yes uh, you know having been uh used the free version of twinkle regularly and um and 
like us the loves coloring in she that's that's something that she absolutely loves and Indy has been practicing coloring in things recently because she wants to nursery have like sort of set her a challenge to make sure that her coloring's more within the lines yeah um and and so like she's been enjoying coloring in with Asta as well to try and like stick to in the lines but like you can you can google coloring in pages you can google mm. those worksheets and they come up yeah and print them off and 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 you can or you could do it so that it's like a you know the humps on a on the back of a dragon or yeah you know the waves in a sea can you draw me a wave in the sea can you do me this can you do me that and it's right for the rain coming down from the clouds that's all the dashy lines and things as well yeah there's loads of ways to make those sorts of things a bit more creative as well isn't it than just the the boring old zigzag worksheet or the book that you get that you think you have to buy for the your three oh I know yes and all of that (laughs) stuff I think like if you there's so many ways to like just reconfigure it a bit to make it a bit more exciting isn't there yeah there is and you can relate it to topics as well so when it's Christmas you could draw five stockings just the outline and then say Mm. to your child could you do some diagonal patterns on that one circles on that one and or, or an easter egg do an easter egg outline can you do that um if they like for example butterflies you could draw an outline of a butterfly and just say oh could you have a look at the wings what could you do what sort of writing patterns could you do on there so it's you can do so much with it you really can that's cool um so realistically what would be your expectations for a child starting school what would you sort of want to see what would your (laughs) wish list as a reception Ooh. teacher be oh I would have lots on my wish list <laughs> <laughs> I really would okay so um a big wish would be for the children to be independent or beginning to become confident in being independent and that's with anything so that's with self-care going to the toilet and um, it could be self-care getting a tissue wiping their own nose it could be at snack time pouring their own milk or water. Um, it could be things like peeling their own orange um, or peeling their own banana. So many children, they sit there and they they give you the banana and you say, well, you have a go. And they say, I don't know how. So there's a big number of children. That, and I get that time. You just do it for them. Um, but it's about providing those opportunities. If you do something at home, you might think, can I let them have a go at doing it? And of course, some oranges are quite tricky, so we might start them off. Um, but the, at school, you are expected to be independent, putting your own apron on. I always um, say to children that if you can't do it yourself, you ask a friend before you ask a grown-up. And then there's that dialogue between friends, um, same age, um, helping each other before a grown-up gets involved. And you, even as an adult, you learn so much from that if you take a step back sometimes um so that's definitely independent self-care um a wish list would be um I think to be able to um I think involve story time so I'm very passionate about stories and good quality texts and I think it's really important for children to be able to discuss what they are hearing and discuss what they're seeing and to be able to ask questions and relate it to their lives so if they are reading a book um, about something in particular 
Um, it's about the adult asking those really interesting questions of not just a yes or no answer. It's about providing an open-ended where they can be really creative and um, come up with all sorts of different ideas. I think that would be a lovely wish list because children do find that hard. So a lot of teachers at school work hard with that. So if parents could do that even before they start school, um, it gives them a little bit of a head start, really. Um, going back to um, independence as well and self-care, um, you'd be surprised at how many children can't eat with a knife and fork and actually cut up their own dinners. So yeah. that's another thing that they are expected at school to be able to do. Um, so that is something else that if people want to work on, I think that's that's a good thing. And and even things like having knife and fork set with dough so they can make their own dough food and then pretend to cut it. So it doesn't have to be a real food. It's developing that skill, yeah. um, which is which is really important. Um, I think to be able to follow instructions when children start school, they have to follow instructions to put their book bag away, uh, their coat on their peg. It could be their water bottle in a tray. And yes, the routines will be different in a school setting to a home setting, but you're still doing very similar things. So it could be give them a one or a two step instruction. So could you get your book bag and go and put it on the bottom of the stairs? And so they've got to go and get their book bag. Then they've got to process and put it on the bottom of the stairs. You could do anything at home, go and get that book and then go and sit there. Um, and then once they can get two step instructions, develop it to three. Um, and I think sometimes children can do one and two and then they might look at you to think what was number three and you might have to repeat it again. Yeah. But these sort of things, they do a lot in school. So that would be a, a, a big wish for children to be able to follow and listen to instructions and actually understand them. Yeah, uh, definitely as well. Um, let me think. So I think starting school, a big thing is for children to be able to self-regulate their emotions um, and I think it is a huge thing starting school. And I think my wish list would, would be for children to be able to be honest and really talk about it and mm. feel free that it's if it's a scary thing, let's let's verbalize that and let's talk about it. And I think again, you can do that in so many different ways as a as a teacher and as a parent. Um and actually nursery providers as well. I know that I've worked with lots of them before where we would provide um school uniforms for them so that they can actually and little booklets about starting school so that they're developing all of that language and hopefully the emotions and the feelings towards it are always a positive one because I'm sure there are many children out there it, it is frightening um or they're really excited you know they're really happy some children are either way they don't mind it's just what's happening they're just starting school um and it's about being able to be free to talk about that emotion I think that that's that's good so you can talk about those strong feelings as well um I think another wish would be to learn how to interact with other children and to develop friendships that's quite a hard thing you've actually got to teach that skill some mm. children just stand next to another child and it should just happen. It doesn't naturally happen. And so I think that would be another wish to be able to provide those opportunities. Just go to the park, have play dates um, and let those relationships develop naturally as well as giving a little bit of a support. When So, uh, yes. When my eldest started school, we didn't have like a settling in day at the end of the school 
previous school year begin right. or going in in September so she didn't get an opportunity to go around the school or see the classroom or anything because like we were in COVID mm. um and so she she wasn't able to go back to she didn't go back to nursery until July um and then the school wasn't offering us to go see the school before she started in September because of all of that okay. going on um, I know a lot of schools do. You can go before they start in September and before they start having those settling in days um, in September. But um, that first, like, I think we went for two, I think it was like two hours and the parents stayed the first time we went. And yeah. it was really funny. So before, like a couple of days before we went, I got her in her school uniform I got her to try everything on and, and and check that she was happy with it. I got her to try the top button, but no one can ever do that. Um, she she has to wear like proper shirts and ties and things. So um, she, you know, we tried top button and, and things and, and getting used to all of that. And can she do the buckles up on her shoes? Did we need to get Velcro ones and all of that sort of stuff? Um, and then we, I, I sat down with her and I said, okay, so if you see another child playing with something that you also want to play with, what do you do? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll wait my turn. And I said, or you could go up and you could say, hello, my name is Asta. What yeah. can I play with you? And she was like, oh, okay. And she was at quite a big nursery setting and she had she had best friends and she had friends and she knew yeah. names and everything but it hadn't occurred to her that she might have to ask to be no. friends with people or ask people's names or you know ask to play with them with something and so I sort of like coached her into yes. how to do this and so I was like right okay so like I'll, I'm going to be with you but what we're going to do is if you like something or you see someone with something that you want to also play with try that and she was like okay cool so I'm sat there with another mum who I'm now really good friends with and and our kids met within like the first 20 seconds of being in the classroom together and our best friends which is amazing um and so we're sat there together and um and this lady's daughter comes over and she had a, book, a frozen book. And Asta goes to her. She looks at me and she was like, okay. Oh. My name is Asla. What's your name? And she was like, oh, my name's so-and-so. She was like, I like Frozen too. Can I read oh. that book with you? And they sat on the carpet and read the book together because... Asla had learned to read pictures at nursery, yeah. which is the first books they get given in reception anyway, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, that's right. No words. And yeah. so she learned to read books with just by the pictures in nursery yeah. and at home. Like we'd read the books and, and she'd say, oh, this, this, they've got a dog. We've got a dog and things like that. And so it was like she'd explain she'd pick out things from the story anyway and explain them to me like yes rationalize them according to our home environment anyway but and so she it was like I, I felt like that was why my one achievement was coaching her into how to oh. make friends in the first day because I had that anxiety that that worry that she wouldn't make any friends I didn't need to she's flipping popular she's got loads of friends <laughs> 
it was uh, I, I remember being nervous about making friends and moving school when I was a kid yeah. I moved to a different primary school and, and having to learn to make friends with kids who were already friends um it's and hard and so um so I was like oh my god she's got to make friends <laughs> so, yeah it's so um, hard it's, it's just really funny isn't it so like watching her actually make a friend I felt okay in the end yes no it's lovely isn't it because it just comes naturally to some children other children it really doesn't and it's it's giving them the tools to be independent with searching for friendships it's really important because you know it's it's there are so many friends children that you could put together but actually it's about them taking ownership over that as well and looking at children that've got similar interests um and, and going back to the sharing, a favourite of mine is having a sharing timer. So having a five minute timer and it's called the sharing timer. So if you've got another child that's playing with something you want, they have to take the sharing timer, go over and say, when the time is finished, can I please have a turn? And the rule is that the child has to say yes, um, but then they can take the sharing timer after that and do the same again. So that it gives that bit of independence of them actually sharing. Um because I think some ch- some children think sharing is please give it to me, <laughs> whereas it's actually no, you've got to take turns. That's the whole point of it and share it together. So yeah, it's yeah. important. I I think that that's so true. You don't you don't really they don't even really realise, do they? It's like you you have to share. You have to now give it to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like it's like when you go to the park and you've got to wait for the swings or wait for your turn yes. slide and and all of that stuff. It's sort of a great. Yeah then to other objects and other things um, it does because you know those spaces are occupied they can't be in them whereas mm. the things they can snatch yes <laughs> yeah that's the way it goes in my house um so yeah it's uh it's, it's that sort of thing isn't it it's, it's yeah realizing that those you know spaces and objects are essentially the same and if it's occupied by a person you can't have it yet um that's right have it in a bit when that's that person's it. done with it and so yeah it's 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 all fun and games and <laughs> if you have more than one child you're probably already doing quite a lot of the stuff exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah no it sounds amazing I'm really I, I will I will be booking on for my for my middle one she she's definitely going to need a bit more support being being a, a COVID baby and and quite a, a shy slightly nervous child I think it would do her and myself a lot of good to to yeah. come along and um and take part in in your sessions as well so that's fantastic I'll talk about it uh, afterwards <laughs> but um it's I, I just think they they sound brilliant and what you're doing yeah. is, is helpful not just for you know obviously not just for the teacher but for the parent and the no. child um and having I think as a parent you've got so much going on all the time you know you've got you've got the juggle of children anyway and you've got work trying to then take the time to find the information you need to do the things to help prepare your children for school can be so difficult and time consuming so being able to utilize a service such as the one that you provide is is really yeah. helpful really useful and yeah I look forward to to taking part brilliant <laughs>
thank you so much for joining me today no thank um, you is there anywhere that people can go to find out more information about you and what you yes have? yes definitely so i'm on facebook and instagram i've got my own website as well so um on instagram i'm school ready with joe and um, you can search for me straight away and the same with facebook as well so it's at school ready with joe um and my email would you like me to share that yes <laughs> fabulous so my email is admin at schoolreadywithjoe.co.uk um and then obviously my website is www.schoolreadywithjoe.co.uk try and remember everything it's a lot of new things <laughs> i've learned lots since starting the new business um and it, the website does go into lots of detail about what i've been doing the theory behind it the educational side um, and I will be updating it as I do lots of different workshops as well. So it gives you an example of the different pictures and shows you obviously Instagram and Facebook as well. It has um, lots of reels and um, photographs of actually what's happening and the children's work that they produce or um, just the variety of activities that we've got. Because um, the idea as well is to promote activities that you can do at home. Um, it's not just expensive things I've bought in. It's a real mixture so that you can do these activities at home um and be inspired to carry on the learning at home amazing yeah. and the next event that you're at is the hutton recreational grounds family yes. Fun Day, isn't it uh, that's on day yes that's right yeah, yeah. Oh so my an God. opportunity to if anyone wants to come and say hi and ask any questions yes it would be my third um event that i've done that it's for all of them um but they've been really good really good fun amazing well thank you so much for joining me today and everyone I really would encourage you to follow Jo on her socials um I've I've learned so much already but um it's it's a great way to keep up with everything that she's doing um and to also be able to navigate to her website from there as well but thank you very much for joining me today thank you it's been lovely If you enjoyed this episode of Mum's Work and Chaos, please make sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting channel you're listening on at the moment. Or if you'd like to get involved, feel free to email me at mumsworkandchaos at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at mumsworkandchaos. See you then.